This episode of Ready, Set, Pwn is brought to you by Circle K, who currently has exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups available at participating Circle K and Max convenience stores here in Western Canada. With six different cups available, maybe you'll grab a bumper, or maybe you'll grab a slime. Maybe you'll grab the entire set of six. Whatever you do, though, don't wait too long. These exclusive collector cups are only available while supplies last. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Once you've picked up a cup or you've picked up all six, shoot us a picture of it on Twitter by tagging us at ReadySetPone. Hey, and while you're at it, tag Circle K2 at Circle K West Can just to let them know RSP sent you. Five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice you love the most. Joined virtually by Omni at OmniStrife and Sam at another Sam Chan. Uh, after a moment of awkward silence, how are you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing pretty well. Happy to see the Titans right at the top of the season. I remember our uh, preseason uh, rankings that kind of uh, resurfaced. Uh, on Reddit and first seed 25 and 3. Super proud of our boys. Can't wait to see how they do in the playoffs. You're referring to the Titans being first seed 25 and 3 because we were not first seed with our preseason rankings in the Reddit. No, of course. Well, m- maybe people don't remember, but yeah, <laughs> we were somewhere in the middle of the pack. Well, we were in the, <laughs> I would say we were in the upper tier of the middle of the pack. Right, we came out of 14 out of like, I don't know how many. Like the people that obviously follow this quite a bit uh like reinforce and all that <clears throat> way below the science that right. we used here at rsb so we're kind of like planes uh level of uh power ranking mm-hmm. we should probably go dig that back up mm. and do what with it share the you know share craziness grades, talk about who did the best no well, well, most but only if it's me otherwise yeah, we won't talk about it we'll probably have to do another one soon well, the most flack we've gotten, though, was for those mid-season uh, power rankings where we told everyone that Boston is going to suck and everybody's like, no, how dare you? Where but there's are that. those Boston fans now? It's kind oh. of weird how much flack. <laughs> like, I just, I just never saw Boston as having a big... Like, a Keep underestimating team. us. <laughs> can't, can't really <laughs> underestimate you more. Uh, at, what, at what point do we stop underestimating? Because... I'm thinking we've reached it. <laughs> Let's say right about now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. This is, this is pretty much the most airtime we've given the uprising all, all stages. So. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Say a lot. Well, it's a long off season. We might have to talk about them again. Who knows? Speaking of off season, uh, that hasn't happened for us yet because the Vancouver Titans are obviously going to be into the playoffs. Uh, with this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what the regular season uh, ended up like I and mean, ultimately most of this uh, placements were were set going into the Kit Kat rivalry weekend but there were a few matches of interest so we'll talk a little bit about that uh there is the play-in tourney that's going to be going down this weekend that does not include your Vancouver Titans they get the weekend off to practice the new patch because like any professional league you want to change things up so drastically by introducing a new hero and a bunch of changes so that's going to be taking place we'll talk a little bit about that oh and I bet you at the moment you are listening to this podcast after you've already gone and put a deposit down on Vancouver Titans homestand tickets. If you haven't, you better get on that. But we have a lot more of that information coming up just after we transition into 
the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. As we just let off, homestand ticket deposits are now on sale. So I'm just going to go and break down a few of the details before I bring you two back in for some thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, you're putting down a deposit to purchase a ticket. And that deposit, uh, $50 gets you access to the bowl seating and the $80 deposit gets you access to floor seating. Now, on September 29th, when tickets go on sale, those bowl seats will be starting at $80. The floor seats will be starting at $180. All of this in Canadian funds, just for those of you who might be listening somewhere other than Canada. Now, the starting at is what's key. While there are going to be different levels of tickets that you'll be able to purchase using the deposit you've put down, the simple way to explain this is that the closer you get to the stage and the better sight lines that you have of the stage, you'll pay more. So that $80 bowl ticket is not going to be at the front of the bowl. You won't be able to go and say, I want to sit up here. And that leads me into the next point. Uh, it will be assigned seating. This is not general admission. It's not like, oh, I buy my ticket, I line up, I get there first, I camp out, I get in, I get the prime seat. No, it's a, whatever number is on your seat and whatever row, that's where you're going to be sitting. Now, you'll have the ability to get up and, and whatnot because there's going to be a lot of activities for the, uh, the homestand. Uh, uh, but uh, again, assigned seating. And then the other question that you might have is, hey, well, like, if there's going to be signings, are there going to be like events? There will be, and what those might be uh, will be something that will be uh, uh, sort of alluded to later on uh, as the off-season goes on, uh, but ultimately, those additional tiers and add-ons, um, they'll come at an additional cost. So depending on uh, how much you were to pay for your ticket, uh, you would then be paying sort of an upgrade to, let's say, oh, we'll get to a signing or maybe VIP entry or um, you know, the uh, event down in, in LA, there, there was a bunch of stuff uh, as well. So again, um, grand finals, actually speaking of this guys, the grand finals has like an add on where not only do you get sort of VIP entry access, but you get parking as well, uh, valet parking, as well as like some like lounge. Access. No chili, no chili, Philly cheesesteak. I don't know. Maybe you get the, maybe the, the valet after they park your car brings you Philly cheesesteak. I don't know. Just leave it in your car. That's true. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, the capacity, yeah, we've sort of been talking a little bit about this. Uh, we had uh, Tim Holloway on last episode. So the capacity itself is going to be approximately 6,000. So one of the benefits of Rogers Arena is if they went with a full arena seating, uh, they could get 19,000 plus in there. That's not what we're looking at. They think they're going to aim for about 6,000, give or take. But there is room to grow if the demand is so significant that they can make it a little bit bigger. Um, if the demand is then they might make it a little more intimate. So again, that's one of the reasons why when we're putting down these deposits, it's giving that indication to the Vancouver Titans organization to truly understand, well, what should our set up me? So the TLDR, you've purchased your deposit. You're going to be buying an actual ticket on September 29th. And the timing that you place the deposit will dictate the order at which you'll be able to buy the actual ticket. The first deposit gets the first ticket, second, so on and so forth. It's not like you queue up. It's all about timing. So if, if you haven't bought them yet, I don't know how many hours it's been since it's been live because it's it was 10 a.m. today, or if it's not Wednesday that you're listening to us, 10 a.m. a few days ago, all that time has passed. All those deposits are ahead of you. So, hey, get on top of it. Now, boys, y'all going to be putting down some deposits, I hope? Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think so. 
Where, bowl where are we tickets? sitting? Bowl tickets for sure. <laughs> we'll Prices see. are, uh, yeah, we shall see. But I'm leaning more towards the bowl seatings as I think uh, it would be uh, great views. We've, we've, uh, we've all been in the Rogers Arena. The, the views are pretty nice from the bowl as well. And yeah, prices, like I said, not not really cheap. I, I can't say I'm envious of uh, of people who want to come in there with their family. Like, say, if you have a couple of kids, that mm-hmm. that uh, price uh, adds up really quickly. You got to buy for two, too, right? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking bull seats myself. Um, I, you know, and I I'll, I'll concede. I don't know if you know floor seats in the front serves me any purpose i'm not going to be that guy standing out cheering shouting i'm a more uh subdued fan i'm the intellectual fan you gotta hold Uh, the sign though right well yeah i listen to rsp (laughs) look for it at the back of the bowl but um in fact it won't say i listen it'll be i host rsp won't get on tv though (laughs) the uh other thing and i actually forgot to mention this is but you know, I mean, you talked about families is that um, there isn't, at least in the, the early going, going to be any sort of group pricing. So for those of you who are like, well, I got a group of friends, uh, I'd like to go as a group. <clears throat> that will require you all to purchase your deposit about the same time or alternatively all get together and have one person purchase that many deposits. So you can purchase as many tickets in priority access based on the number of deposits you have. And there is a limit of eight. So the, the most seats that you can put a deposit on are eight. Now, once tickets go on sale to everyone, including those who didn't put on a deposit, well, now it's, it's open season, buy as many as you would like, and you can sort of pick and choose. There might still be a limit, you know, as you know, if you ever bought tickets through Ticketmaster, uh, you know, there's always some form of, of ticket limit. Well, there will be one, but, uh, things to keep in mind. Now this, I just want to also stress. It's just for the first homestand. Uh, the second homestand is still all to be determined. Um, it's important to point out there's going to be additional matches for the, the July homestand. Uh, so that's something to, to consider. It could uh, uh, you know cause price to fluctuate, but it's also an opportunity to adjust based on what they learn from the, the May homestand, the first homestand. And uh, the other thing I didn't mention, though I would presume everyone would understand that ticket that you buy is good for the entire weekend all matches so anyhow uh so sam you're gonna probably do bowl i'm gonna do bowl omni you're gonna do bowl yeah wait do we know that it's gonna go through ticketmaster and not through eventbrite like it was for the watch parties ticketmaster Ticketmaster. i'll reserve uh my judgment for myself personally (laughs) about that service but uh, go ahead no, I guess the one thing is I, I understand a lot of fans and we see a lot of people in Discord too kind of being frustrated. It's like, how come the full ticket prices aren't out? Um, it's a lot of confusion here, especially with, we'll get into a little bit later about the Defiance prices jumping out and then now people wanting, well, the Defiance sucks. So are the Titans going to be that much <laughs> more expensive? Like this, like to put my work hat on and I'll try and explain this uh, slowly and clearly, this is this is a common business practice. So so I work with a lot of young companies and when the companies are starting out, we often ask them to to show what we call a proof of traction very, very early on or as early as they can, because that's going to help them, you know, fundraise if they're raising money, that's going to help them, you know, attract other users, even attract staff that want to work with them. They all want to see something called proof of traction. So when I'm advising companies, I will tell them, well, maybe your product's not ready yet. You can get an email list. So email list, if you can prove that a thousand people are on your email list, that's one point of proof of traction. 
And then if you could get that in a thousand people, if you could get them to put in, say, $5 of a deposit, that's an even bigger proof of traction. It means people care enough to put some Mm. of their money down. Um, So in this case, they're they're asking for their, like the the higher ups or the Aquilinis are asking, you know, the Titans to put down a proof of traction for them so they can prove it's like, okay, we will open up 6,000 seats. We'll open up 7,000 seats, whatever it is. It all depends on how kind of this does. So if you guys are supporters of the Titans and, and this isn't, you know, the Titans paying us to say stuff like this, but if you support Titans, you support the esports like this is a grand opportunity for us to kind of put our, our, our money where our mouths are. Right. So I get that it is, pricey and i don't want to judge anybody you know on their status but if you can um and this is something that you're saving for like putting down like a deposit like this is going to support your team a lot more than some of the other stuff that you know we can do with with our money and our time like even even something like buying owl skins thank you for the free business uh, lesson there i'll charge everybody later i shouldn't have gone for my mba that was really pricey It's the tickets are cheaper than an NBA and probably more entertaining. <laughs> the the thing to also put into perspective, and I, I this is one of the things I've actually seen. I come from the traditional sports background, people are like, oh, I you know, how can they get away with charging Canucks prices for these tickets? Well, you don't go to watch the Canucks play followed up by, you know, three other NHL games, sort of all in a miniature mm-hmm. tournament. I get that, you know, for many of us, our interest might just be the Vancouver Titans. And so that's how we're sort of picturing this. I'm paying this much money for that team. Everything else is sort of the value add. That's not how the Overwatch League sort of operates. And I know there's a number of you who listen to our podcast. You became Vancouver Titans supporters, but I would imagine like Sam, you supported someone else last year and you may still do. So again, that's, that's how they're looking at this is sort of the bigger picture is multiple matches. And when you start looking at the cost per it's good value, but it does add up. Uh, you know, Sam, you brought up the fact that, uh, the Toronto defiant pricing is out. And for those that don't know, um, $300, give or take, because I don't know the taxes or fees gets you, you know, essentially front row seats and the venue, uh, the Roy Thompson hall that they're going to be in is considerably smaller. I want to say it's like 2,600 for capacity and it, it might, it might even be a little bit less or a little bit more, but again, that's, you know, half, let's say just for simplicity, half of what they can do here in Vancouver and Vancouver can get even bigger. So, you know, it's a much tougher ticket. Yeah, it's two hundred twenty-five US dollars for our listeners down south. So it adds up. But again, I mean, you're putting a perspective. I I envision people dropping some serious money. I mean, look at uh, the Overwatch League homestand events. They had ticket pricing that is relatively similar for all of these events. Uh, there were the value adds, like the the add-ons you could purchase. The grand finals are sold out. And I know grand finals are not regular season matches, but, you know, in perspective, there's demand there. So it's sort of the way the business works, supply, demand, and eventually a price comes out of it. It's also a matter of execution. Say if people go to these events, let's say for the Titans and Rogers Arena event feels a bit scuffed. Maybe there are some issues. Uh, some people might back out of the second uh, plan. So they really got to nail it and justify uh, mm-hmm. the money that people are putting down for these tickets. Agree. Yep. So save your money, no alcohol, just frosters, and then go get the tickets. <laughs> well, 
As for the homestand tickets, uh, we'll talk more about it in our next episode because we'll then also have a greater idea of, you know, how many people are buying them. Uh, we might have further details. Um, I got off the phone with the team today just to get you that information. Humble flex. Uh, uh, you know, hey, just pick up the phone. I do it for the listeners. I don't do it for me. It's all for you. Let's talk a little bit about the Kit Kat rivalry weekend that took place down in Los Angeles at the Novo. Uh, the Vancouver Titans had two matches. The first one, they lost to the San Francisco Shock 3-2. Uh, all three of us had it close. The two of you had it closer. None of us had the Shock actually winning. <laughs> and I, I had the opportunity to, to watch it uh, with uh, Michael and uh, Omni here. I brought Nephew Force with me. We're at the, uh, the official uh, Vancouver Titans watch party. And... I will admit I was concerned that Omni was going to quit the podcast. That the tilt was real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was at one point he's like, I don't want to be on the podcast anymore. And then, <laughs> and then actually we'll get to it on Sunday. We, you and I um, watched it together at uh, your place. And it was, this, you know, was like seriously going on. And I was sitting there like, Oh, I guess it's going to be a Sam and Chris special. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have yeah. dreams or nightmares of Oskaya? No. Oof. It's uh, Volskaya. Volskaya is Omni's favorite map. Oh, I I, I just want to uninstall the game whenever I queue uh, into it. But you know what? It was a difficult match. uh, But the more I think about it, the shot game is really an odd one. I mean, I I don't want to be hypocritical and laugh at NYXL for their supposed sandbagging all the time and then fill the bags for our team here on the very next uh, pod. But. you know, the Titans haven't quite figured out this meta. That's true. And maybe Slime can't really play Baptiste really greatly or Bumper on the Orissa. And who knows how his Sigma plays out. But there were some things uh, odd about this game. No adjustments, no no substitutions. And if you had told me that the Titans are going to like take the shock for five maps without two of our best players, I wouldn't be that upset. So I won't be. Uh, anyways... Well, you guys want to talk about the game, the game itself? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, let's look at the, sure. the Titan shock. So first and foremost, when the team, you know, trots out onto the stage, uh, it's Janu bumper. Okay. Yeah. That's totally expected. Yeah. Then it's repel slime. And we're like, Oh, no twilight. Eh, mm-hmm. Okay. And then we see Solman Sue come out with stitch, no which hassle. was, which was really interesting. Yeah. No hacksaw. And on Lee Jang tower, the Titans, you know, <laughs> they came out strong. Yeah, they spanked the shock. The shock couldn't get anything going on Lee Jang, and so we're like, "Oh, okay, so this this is this is good." Yeah, <laughs> mirror comps too. Yeah, and then we see them roll into Volskaya, and not that Vancouver didn't do too badly. Like ultimately, Volskaya as a map generally goes to extras. The Vancouver Titans snowballed their attack. Like, it was like, yeah, we're just going to take point A. Oh, and by the way, we want point B. They had a ton <laughs> of time in the bank. But then maybe it was because they had a ton of time in the bank. They couldn't even get the first cap in extras. Yeah. Bumper got picked really quickly. And then he switched to ball to come back to point. And it's not really viable to hold the team really, to hold that point really well alongside the Diva. So we essentially lost both points in the time bank and we couldn't really uh, handle Architects Hanzo and Choi's Hog was really on point in that map mm-hmm. and we, we fell to them. Thankfully, we had King's, Kings Row North. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> the, Vancouver, 
the Vancouver Titans uh, have a special relationship with Kings Row North, and I, I I'm able to still continue to say Kings Row North, whereas with Hollywood, maybe it's Hollywood North with the question mark. Mm. I'm not sure, but Kings Row, it doesn't seem that there's anyone that can slow the Titans down. Like they just gut these wins out. We also saw the Vancouver Titans bend quite a bit on on their first defense, but with the time bank advantage, there really wasn't anything the shock could do. Right. All but they again, had. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say no substitutions at this point. Yeah. All, all San Francisco had on King's Row is Sinatra, who came in to play Doomfist. Oh god! And he played amazingly. Every time he would just in every fight, he'll pick like two or three. And all the resources went, went into him. It was a crazy display of a single carry. But once you you know you kill that guy, you win. So we did, and uh, <laughs> we're still undefeated on King's Row. Sounds like what the what every team has game plan for Hacksaw and his Genji. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, unfortunately, it's not Anubis all the time. Like Sinatra's Doomfist was unbelievable. Like he was plugged into that tune. His management of his blows and kit. Um, I can't remember it was attack or defense. Ugh. And just uh, one, one round. Yeah, he was on freaking believable and and single-handedly was was taking it to the titans but again as ani had pointed out yeah drop sinatra and the rest of the shock were to fold it's interesting though that sinatra's role right now is is doomfist yeah. right like and and if doomfist is required sinatra doesn't get and then you get super who's just never ever going to play again unless sigma brings him back and again we don't know but i have to ask when you have two players who are currently up for MVP functionally not playing because they can't play in the meta. How is it that they are the most valuable players? They were for three stages, two and a half, maybe. Whereas you look at the Vancouver Titans, you know, people in chat were like, Oh, twilight bench, twilight bench. No, twilight wasn't benched because he doesn't fit in the meta. Twilight was benched because they were playing repel with slime to determine like, Oh, which combination works well. And, and from what I understand, repel is their go-to Moira Baptiste right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just interesting mm-hmm. because we then go into Havana. Sinatra comes out, drastically improves the shock, but that's okay. Cause the Vancouver Titans for the first time ever, they learned that there was more than the first point in Havana. <laughs> we got to see that distillery. Like they had never been in the distillery. They had to do it in overtime. It was not looking good. Like I actually tweeted out uh, from RSP, like, Hey, what does the inside of the distillery look like asking for a friend? And sure as hell, they didn't look like they were going to capture that first point. They do get in there and people are like, there you go. There you go. Now you see it. There you go. Yeah. I still don't know what it looks like outside of the distillery, but (laughs) it came last. You know, you know, when the Titans are on defense, right? Yeah. Well, not it's a different, it's a different view. I'm not really paying attention to that point. Um, oh, Sam. It brings us back to map five, Busan. After watching the Vancouver Titans flex on Lee Jang tower, Busan maybe is not their strongest control by any means, but it's one that they arguably don't too, too badly on. And the way, yeah, we couldn't kill the Farah in that map yep. and bumper felt really uncomfortable there. Uh, I don't want to use the T H R O W word there, but it <laughs> oh, felt on, 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 yeah, 
All right, you, you can say it. <laughs> Bumper fed. The, the Titans should have had at least one win on on that. I mean, I mean they don't win the the actual map, but they got full control of the point, and Bumper as Arissa decides to go off on his own. Just you know, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. Ha- hey guys, I got this side over here. My shield will keep me safe. Only to then proceed to be walled off, cut off by May, and as soon as the shock were able to then retake that point, the Vancouver Titans could not exert enough yeah. pressure to do anything about it. Like I, Bumper was playing it like I play mystery heroes. They also had like a, I think um, a tracer on that point, which was super annoying. Uh, the Arisa all the time, Bumper's Arisa, yeah, <laughs> on the on the Mecha base uh, map. No, but going back to the far, I think that is the one kind of character that that worries right. me a bit going into the playoffs because the the Titans just don't seem to have the right fit to counter that. Um, I'm guessing this is where a widow would come in, but you know, Hurig, you know, has has his fans and his and yeah. his negatives as well, and so it's, it's never like going back even to stage three, like it was Ding that was kind of just destroying the crap out of us yeah. just from up above and we had no answer and when when they were running the far with rascal we were doing i think like a may reaper and right. that doesn't that doesn't quite cut it well and i mean may reaper was all they continued to trot out yeah sometimes it works especially if there's a like the map on helios that you can just uh huddle into the, the lighthouse and hold there uh but sometimes you know uh if you don't if you can't really go uh, down that road of playing the widow, you just match, and they weren't doing that. They didn't have Axel, who was their best, like um, I guess, uh, fire player. So they never switched. They never did substitutions. We already alluded to that point before, and we lost Busan. Yep that that kind of highlights into like a bigger issue because I I think mm. I think all of us you know it's it always sucks to lose to the shock, but but you know we're looking bigger picture is is how how are they going to work things out going into the playoffs and and while I'd say the Titans DPS are all very good the the flexibility like what they're all good at requires them to actually like switch mid match or something like that mm. and that's to me the biggest struggle that they need to work out because it was it was actually really nice like i know a lot of people worried that you know haksa wasn't playing like i thought i thought solmin su and stitch did did admirably well for for certain parts yeah. of the game like i liked how stitch could hop on reaper and then solmin su would hop on reaper and they could switch around and and mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. they just had that flexibility um but but they, you could see that they really missed Hoxo. At times, they could have used, could have used the far, or could have used the widow, and that that's where some of the the shock really kind of benefited from it. Is is they weren't as locked in, and they could do the Hanzo well. Um, Architect was crazy just throughout most of the maps, um, and then we already talked about Doomfist. Oh, he had that point, I think, in the distillery where he just like dinked all like five straight arrows into titan's heads without missing one or ever hitting a body shot it was scary. yikes yeah, plunk 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 spin plunk plunk spin plunk yeah the uh san francisco shock won and their social media team decided to say that they won the series with the vancouver titans which don't know mm. how they come up with that figure but quick maths <laughs> yeah no kidding it does uh, feel see. like it though well, yeah. does it like, so the Vancouver Titans won stage, the stage one reg season. They lost the stage four reg season. So that's a split. We won stage one final. They won stage two final. 
and, I think it's a matter of what have you done for us lately. Yeah, it's like a recency bias thing. I okay, agree. so so then like stage one never happened. You didn't beat us twice in that stage, but look, we've taken it to you since. Like I, that's the thing I don't quite get, or maybe the stage one final they counted. Anyhow, they got it wrong. They trolled Bren because of it, and uh, <laughs> them's the breaks. But then we go into Sunday. Vancouver Titans, New York Excelsior. And so they played this promo bit at the start where you had like Jonak and Sabi Olby that uh, yeah, 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 yeah. with them. And they were saying like, oh yeah, no, the Vancouver Titans are really not that good. We've been, you've even seen it recently. They can't play We're we've adapted. Uh, uh, we're going to do really, really well. We're going to use our surgical play <laughs> to defeat them. And <laughs> it, you know, the score itself indicates that it was very close but the Vancouver Titans again approached this as like, hey, we're gonna go and we're gonna try some different things out. New York apparently experimented the entire stage, so why don't we experiment when uh, we'd like to as well? And yet, at no point in time was I too concerned hmm. that the Titans weren't gonna pull out the win, though the three-two score did make it a little more uh, tense than it probably needed to be. So let's talk a little bit about again. The first map, Ilios Control. The Vancouver Titans roll out on the stage. Janu Bumper, okay, got it. Repel Slime, yeah, we've seen this story before. We see Suman So, but now we see Hacksaw in. And at combination, actually did quite well. Suman Su actually played a pretty decent Reaper um, mm-hmm. on Ilios. Uh, Hacksaw as Bay was pretty good. In fact, Hacksaw was the reason why they were able to ultimately, I think, get the win on Lighthouse. He staggered. A, a, a flip for well i mean he allowed the team to essentially recover but he staggered a flip for what had to have been 10 percent on his own and then the trickle in with the fact that allowed the titans to get in it was like 97 percent mm-hmm. might have been 99 too yeah to your point sam there's kind of like a weird flow chart and i want to discuss mm-hmm. uh once we're done talking about nyxl but like what roles are our dps and healers can play and it's also a uh, dependent heavily on what map we play so in elios apparently titans can beat afara right if you get the point quickly there's a lot of cover there um they didn't have a flower yet in that match uh and elios was definitely looking like a great uh showing of of the titans of our uh, lineup with haxal yeah in hanamura then if we follow along flower then commits for nene yeah, and it looks like they are playing better, and suddenly we can kill the Farah when uh, Libero goes on the May duty, and that point kind of takes a while for us to take on attack, and, and we can't take point B. Well, and the thing about Hanamura that struck me as really odd is the Vancouver Titans put up a solid defense on point A. Yeah. But then point B just couldn't get anything strung together. And they were making some weird decisions. Um, and I think wasn't Flower, he had switched to McCree at this point and got, you know, mm-hmm. Electric Cowboy to handle handful of time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like he was just able to dish un- unlimited amounts of damage, it seems. Like I'm just looking at the stats here. Uh, Flower dished out 24.3 thousand damage on Hanamura. Oof. The closest Titan was Soman Sue. At twelve seven, half of what Flower did. In fact, Haxel and Summons who combined did not deal enough damage to surpass Flower on his own. And I think we've sort of seen that when 
a, either one person can pop off or someone can control the damage output in the current meta, the Titan support no longer have the ability to essentially throw everyone in their backpack and carry hard. And that's not a knock against a slime or a repel at this stage. It's just a matter of they can only do so much playing the characters that they're playing. I mean, slime especially. I mean, I think, you know, slime is Lucio. Lucio is slime, but Lucio is not going to work out you know, uh, as often as we would like. Every time you, yeah. you missed it. You missed a rhyme there. That was a great one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to, you know, tell stories and poetry, man. That's what we're known for. Across acrostics and all that. Jazz. <laughs> so yeah, Titans lose two one. We're tied. We go into map three. Map three is blizzard world. And, I will admit, I'm like, I don't like the Titans prospects on this map. The Vancouver Titans seem to have not so much difficulty with Blizzard. I think it's that they, they are almost encouraged to make some silly mistakes. This is where Hacksaw started to feed a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things about Hacksaw's May that worries me is he plays that May as if she's a tank. <laughs> and like he, he goes and hand solos it a little bit, right? Like I, I, I can't quite put my finger on why, but it's like suddenly liquid courage. I'm going to go in. They get that pick. And now the Vancouver Titans are on the back foot. Right. That said, they won three, two, and it didn't look like that. That was going to be the case until suddenly after they got the escort, it, it Excelsior just couldn't slow them down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blizzard Force, uh, Blizzard wor- World is a really uh, significant uh, Hanzo-, Hanzo map. So Force of Hurek was unleashed. Maybe that's why Haxel uh, felt that uh, May is kind of tanky. I-, I mean, compared to his Genji, <laughs> she's definitely a tank. <laughs> so maybe he counted on the support from Hurek. But there was one weird play where he just tosses a weird uh, Blizzard. He <laughs> turns around, does a 180, tries to escape as he realized that he's uh, up against the entire team. Uh, yeah, it didn't go well. There was a casual uh, Janu six kill on yeah. map that I, I got to point out, which was nuts. Like, I saw a lot of comments, people saying, oh, you got to be really lucky to get them all in place. Well, what do you know? It's it's You got to be super lucky for any type of uh, five or six K. That's how the game works, really. And, and so it wasn't be all good in his be lucky, man. Yeah. Like, whole hog only dropped, I think, two or three. Right, I mean, he, right. He, it was the, the final blows for the, the remainder. But yeah, that Janu 6K was unreal. Like he popped <laughs> off. Maybe there was something in comms like Janu going, no, 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 don't touch them. Let me have them. So what? <laughs> so what? It was worth it. <laughs> the uh, Blizzard World win then has us going into map four, which uh, is the uh, the lovely map. Down there in Cuba. <laughs> Havana. Like, how's that song go? Havana, oh, no, no. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. I got fooled held in Havana. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The, again, the Vancouver Titans did not get full held in, in Havana. They actually, uh, uh, at this point. This was the best showing, I <laughs> they think. They got out of refinery. Got point. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was possible, but... Uh, I think the only saving grace about Havana is it's not in the playoff pool. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't know. Is it that the Vancouver Titans don't scrim on this? Is it like, which I, I can't imagine to be the case. Like this is quite clearly the weakest link in the entire lineup for them. 
and they, it's so weak. Like they and they do the uh, not only can they not seem to play this map, they make the craziest mistakes. Like one of the things that actually um I noticed was different between the Titans and how the Excelsior approached it. On defense, when the Titans approached it, they had Stitch as Hanzo on the mm-hmm. uh, sort of the far side, and then they had everyone else on the near side to try to create that choke. Well, Stitch got domed and dropped for health, at which point you now have both Repel and Twilight needing to go and you know shoot the hoop to try to you know bring him back up. So Stitch was essentially nullified because he could not stand anyone sneezing on him. Let's flip that a little bit. And you have, I think, was it Libero that was on May for for Defen? I'm trying to think. Yes, because Nene was in. So Yeah. So they had they had Libero on May, where it playing the position that Stitch was in, and then everyone else on the right. So essentially the same strat, just a different character using the far side choke. Well, the good thing about May is May has a little more survivability. If she needs to, she can pop that wall. She can self-heal. But what's even better, I think, about the May is she's standing up on that upper level and she's able to essentially spray and slow. It's more harassment. It's not going to be direct damage per se, but it's enough that you get distracted. And if you rewatch that period of time, the Vancouver Titans are pushing the corner. They're doing quite well, but then there's May harassing. And I think it was Repel that went to deal with her and Repel got dropped. Yeah. And the moment you lose the support, the Excelsior were able to recover and effectively stop that push. And then the Vancouver Titans just had to claw for every centimeter Throughout yeah, it was Libero up there on the porch, just popping his uh, right clicks, and Flower didn't help it much. Like on the Hanzo, <laughs> keeping sh- kept shooting arrows at Bumper. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. And again, it's I, I haven't noticed that from any other match on Havana. It's just like, oh my god, Havana. So what's the next map? But if that is the case, that's something I would think the Vancouver Titans should be, you know quite quickly catching on to is that it does seem to provide a better choke than having your, your sniper or widow or who are, um, widow or stitches Hanzo or whomever it might be. It's all right. We don't need to see Havana again. I think <laughs> it's a big relief. <laughs> Map five, Lijang tower, which the day before we saw the Vancouver Titans flex on and they started and they off well. With- yeah, with the same uh, strategy of playing uh, Samen Su on the Reaper. Yeah. The the thing about this one, though, is this is where we started to see mistakes. So the Vancouver Titans get that first point capture. They hold percentage. And then the Excelsior, based on alt economy, decide to go and make a push. Now, Haxall is able to stall relatively well. Um, and then you start to see the trickle of Titans. They're doing the same thing they did against uh, them on, on Ilios, where it's this trickle install, we're going to get percentage, but it's not just the stall that's concerning. It's the fact that they also commit alts to the stall. Yeah. So that completely changes the, the balance that the Titans had going for them. And they lose that first map. That was when I was now like, Oh my goodness, this could be done. I was wrong. And we were up 99 to zero. Well, yeah, and then it was a complete full hold. The Titans couldn't even, you know, make it interesting after that point. The one thing, though, that I did notice it was that Sumin Su is Reaper, and I would talk. We I was talking to you about this uh, when we were watching on the. 
his Reaper seems to me to be predictable. Like he, you know what he's going to go and do. He's going to go and he's going to teleport to some near point behind everyone in the fray. And he proceeds to get melted upon, you know, I don't know what the term is called reappearing. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of uh, Reapers, they would uh, use the teleport in reaction to danger or something like that. And he would always initiate a fight with that. So it's kind of, yeah, like you said, really predictable. But that's the thing. If you're going to initiate the fight, you don't go and just drop yourself in the middle of the fight. I mean, if you were to go and do that, you have to have some form of backup to give you that moment of survivability so that you can queue. Like that's really the only reason I would see a Reaper wanting to do that. Like you look at other Reapers and they'll go either, They'll go a level above. They'll go just maybe a, a slight level behind, like out of line of sight and use it sort of as a, as a flank mechanism if they are going to initiate. So, man, so eh, I'm just going to go straight in, man. Bumper does it. It works for me. Like, <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. But thankfully, the Vancouver Titans were able to settle down and we saw them turn it around, get that 2-1 victory and end the regular season on a winning note, which is always good going into the playoffs. We also got to see Bumper come out and uh, say Bumper things. <laughs> his uh, trash talking is at least in a top form. Yeah, like uh, coming out and saying, well, we knew New York had nothing to play for, so we didn't practice at all for them, and yet we still won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bumper. I, I, I love it. I think uh, we should embrace this, and and Titans certainly look like they've embraced this. And we just don't have to be so appalled and shocked whenever a team beats us and everybody cheers in the arena. That's life when you're the villain. (laughs) So uh, that's when I wanted to talk a little bit about, I think, the mental gymnastics that our coaches go through whenever they try and pick up a lineup for for a map. And and a a map can definitely determine uh, who's going to play. Um, just from observing these two maps and the other, the other games we've had uh, so far, a lot of experimentations and to do too, but Haxel, we can all agree is definitely our best May. And it's probably the most important DPS we we have right now in the meta. Uh, Samensu, they go to him as our go-to Reaper, sometimes Doomfist as well. So whenever you need to switch between these two, Lee Jung Tower is a nice example. Then they pull out Samensu. Uh, if it's a Hanzo map, it's kind of up for grabs b- between uh, Stitch and Hureg, I guess, depending on what they might to might have to flex to. I've noticed if you need uh, a Sombra in a map, then Stitch is your go-to guy. Uh, Tracer as well, even though I, I don't remember if he, he played it a little bit. Hureg, if you need a Widow. Parts, yep. or, or if you're hard stuck on the Hanzo, if you're committed to Hanzo, probably that'll be Hureg as well. And then there's another thing that happens with our support line. So Slime is by far our best Lucio, probably the best Lucio in the league. But unfortunately, that's the only role that he excels on. I, I don't know if you ga- how can you gauge his play on, on the Mercy, really. Uh, Rappel, probably our best BAP. Baptiste, uh, Titan staff certainly appears to think that. And Moira. Twilight, yeah, and Moira. And Twilight is leaps and bounds the best Ana and Zen. So depending on what you want to see... And, and and it's really tough because, like you said, you cannot like switch them between maps. Uh, it, it's a challenge. I guess they have like a flow chart or something like that to see like <laughs> who do we play now? Uh, 
what map is this? And yeah. About the only area they don't have questions is tank. It's Django yeah, Bumper. Bumper, the best Arisa in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this actually leads, leads me to ask this question because we truly don't know. Tizzy, I only bring this up because Harsha on Twitter after the match on Sunday said, you know, see you soon, Tizzy. Is he allowed to play in the playoffs? I haven't a clue because transparency in the uh, Overwatch League is equivalent to the door of your house. He hasn't played a single single regular season game. It feels very like Ringer-esque. I'll say he is eligible if he gets the visa. Uh, we saw the leak of the jersey. This this whole signing process started way before we uh, got the official announcement. So I I think he's ready to play one the moment the moment his visa comes through. I think he's already grinding and screaming hard without pay, <laughs> of course, with the <laughs> Titans, or maybe there's on uh, the Wi Fi's. Uh, maybe because he's not in LA, right? No well, if he him. has, if he doesn't have a visa, he has not arrived in the United States. Well, it could be like an unsuspecting tourist just uh, happening to go okay. in. Uh... Who is he, Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Hmm. the The thing about Tizzy and I, so the traditional sports mindset is you don't go and throw a guy in cold. Yeah, he could have been scrimming. He could have been the next, you know, coming of Jeff Kaplan for all we know. But he's coming in cold. But then at the in the next breath, we don't even know if he's eligible. Like I, he might be. You're right. It, just the news that he's he was signed was so early on in the stage. Um, the, you're right. The the jersey leak on on fanatics. It's just again, I, is the playoffs the point in time where you're going to go and take that risk? Like him coming, like if he is eligible and he comes in, it would be because you you're doing it because you need to do something. You need to shake things up. The, the hockey equivalent would be swapping your goaltender, right? Like right. you don't go and throw your back up in just cause yeah, you've played this team pretty well over the course of your career. You bring your back up in cause you, you need to, you need to shake things up. Like I, I don't know, but had Harsha not gone out and tweeted, see you soon tizzy. <laughs> I would think nothing of it. <laughs> Anyhow. Mm. So the Vancouver Titans though, do have the weekend off. They don't play this weekend because it's the playoff play tourney, which we'll talk about a little bit more in the fray. So the Titans will, however, play next on Thursday, September 5th. That is confirmed who they play. We don't know yet. Now, the other thing I do want to talk about on Thursday, September 5th is it looks like there will be an official Vancouver Titans watch party. Where will it be? Haven't a clue. Is it officially official yet? Not yet, but based on what's been discussed in Titans Court, sounds like it will be. What will be all sorts of fun is the match is a 4 p.m. Pacific start. (laughs) So if you're planning to go to this watch party, you'll probably want to sort out your schedule a little bit. If you're going back to school, because school's back in, you might need to sort out your school a bit. I don't know how that would work, but everybody to the library. (laughs) There we go. But, uh, we will share more news as we know it. Uh, again, it isn't official official yet, but it looks like it will happen. And then there was the, uh, alluded to point of, there will be more opportunities to watch the Titans as the the playoffs go on though. It might just be, there'll be more opportunities to watch overwatch league, depending on how things all trickle down. 
It might be the first time that the whole Ready Set Pwn cast is together. Ooh, we'll see if we have budget for it. Yeah, you know uh, how much? How much is it going to cost me to drag you out, Sam? Um, uh, maybe three frosters because I picked yeah, up my before, bumper over the before weekend. You co- before you commit over a price, Sam, look at the prices that the Defiant charge. Four frosters. I need an extra of the bumper. All right. So for, if, if I have to go and get you four Frosters, I'm probably going to be heading over to Circle K. I'm going to be grabbing those exclusive Vancouver Titans Collector's Cups. Uh, there are six available. So which four do you want there, Sam? So I picked up the bumper over the weekend. I was in a, uh, this is full disclosure. I watched all the matches on VODs. I was having a little bit of a retreat down in Mission, but I popped by the Circle K there and they had, bumper and twilight so i flipped a coin picked up the bumper didn't get the froster because it was like eight in the morning but so so i'm missing all the other ones so that's uh janu slime twilight there's the whole team and then there's the titans cup so again six of those cups they're available at circle k for those of us who live in western canada so that is all of us from essentially manitoba west now if you don't know where circle k happens to be uh just go to circlek.com they have a store locator on their website uh and you might find them known as max that's what I know them as here in uh, Richmond, where I live, we've got two and I got to head back and, and fill my Froster cup up. Now, the thing about these cups is, as we said earlier, they're exclusive. If you don't already have one, you got to run down to the near circle Carabacks and pick them up. Once they're gone, they are gone. And uh, I think I'd be remiss if I don't mention reusable cups, just wash them, take them back, fill them up again. It's a whole lot better than getting disposable plastic cups over and over and over again. So, as you heard here from RSP, run down to your Circle K, head to Max, get your exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster mug uh, or cup, depends on what you call it. Share it on social because well, not only will we be awesome and retweet that out to the hundreds of followers we've got, we'll also ask you what flavor you threw into it. So be ready. I need a refill. in the fray and the first thing that we do each and every episode is talk a little bit about the weekend that was so we already learned how the vancouver titans did and as we told you last week uh there was really only two matches of any concern to watch um now the la valiant was one we had also suggested watching the dragon spark but ultimately the la valiant gladiators and la valiant san francisco shock matches were the only ones of really any determination as to uh, who got to play and who got to go home. But let's walk you through Saturday. So Saturday kicked off with the Atlanta Rain beating the Dallas Fuel 3-1. The New York Excelsior beat the Boston Uprising 3-1. As we heard, the San Francisco Shock beat the Titans 3-2. And then we had the Battle of LA, which you had Golden Boy out there. He's amping things up. Uh, You've got the two LA teams, so you got a big, strong LA crowd. And the first couple of maps real tight third map not that bad fourth map and the la valiant lost mm. gladiators beat them three one gladiators 
Bloody valiant effort. <laughs> now, I watched a little bit of this. It it seemed to me that the gladiators wanted this just a little bit more than the valiant, which is interesting because the gladiators were in. I get that there's the whole sort of rivalry thing where you know L.A. versus L.A. and you got to have all you know all the success in the world, regardless of if you're the gladiators or valiant, you want to walk away with the win. But the valiant in for a team that needed the win and this was their best opportunity to win and you're in could not get it. Maybe there was just a clear gap after winning uh, against Boston and Dallas. Uh, they kind of were really easy matches. And once you're up against gladiators who are like two tiers above those teams, it was really difficult. So they kind of lost hope uh, feeling out their opponents, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sad ending to the Valiant. They had a nice, uh, well, it's not over yet. There. We got Sunday well, still. Don't, don't, don't oh. go and spoil the episode. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, if you're coming to Sorry us for Sorry about that for a real time analysis, what do you mean? It's the best place to get that. So let's talk about Sunday then. Hangzhou Sparks start off the day by whooping the Shanghai Dragons four nil. If you're the Dragons at this point, like, what do you do? Like, you have essentially backed in to the playoff plan. Like, like it's, yeah, it's kind of symbolic. I think they've it's had a successful season. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say it's. It looks kind of funny to see Shanghai finish the season on a four-zero. If you remember their record from the previous season, that's kind of okay. A, that's a stretch. <laughs> you, yeah, but they've they've had a good season. They've won a stage. Only two other teams can say that they've won a stage. They're going to fight for the playoffs. It, there's nothing to wrong with their season. Like you could but, be well, the not, valley, the but they did, or, yeah. Didn't they just win stage three? You know what the record is for stage four when the, the DPS suddenly became a thing? It's one and six. <laughs> like I'm not taking anything away from a successful season. They got their first win. They made a stage playoff. They won a stage playoff. They're in sure. the playoff play-in. By all accounts, you're right. That was a successful season. But at this point, it's about the playoffs. No, If the, the Shanghai Dragons don't care about the playoffs, I can assure you the LA Valiant would more than be willing to take that spot from them. So if you're the Dragons and you're backing in the playoffs, is your successful season essentially done? Because if they lose, it will be. Well, in that sense, I definitely think they're done. I don't think they choked. I just think they're they're not good at this matter right now. Nope. Fair enough. Atlanta Rain beat the Boston Uprising 4-0. The Titans beat the Excelsior 3-2. And then the San Francisco Shock took on the LA Valley. And again, it's Golden Boys out there. He's amping it up. You know, you don't need to be the sauce when you are the sauce with McGravy. <laughs> T-Mobile, shut up. Um, yeah. That 4-0 win by the San Francisco Shock... I don't know if that was the shock trying to send a statement. I don't know if it was the LA Valiant checking out because they lost to the Gladiators. The Valiant, by winning this match, would have been in. And they yeah. turned in an egg. Yeah, I guess they couldn't believe it. They just watched how how close that match with the Titans was and the San Francisco beating us. So they said, well, what can we do? <laughs> I don't know. But... but, but it, it it it's sad 
that's what I was trying to aim towards. And their fan were there and, and they cheered really hard. It was actually a nice uh, change uh, compared to the Blizzard Arena, who uh, which was really uh, quiet in the recent uh, stage. And, and suddenly we get we get all those cheers. But San Fran, they came to play. They, they finished off their 7-0 uh, stage. They weren't about to lose or, or feel sorry for the Valiant. And the Valiant, they actually got spanked by two of their... Um, you know, state rivals here. So just one spanking was a little harder than the other one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Usually pay extra I mean, for the that. shock second, looked really, the really one good. Is always more painful. Yeah. yeah. Like there's some, somebody that I forgot on the shock from the Titans game is that like striker came back out and popped some heads. Um, I had totally forgotten about striker. Um, that does leave me a little bit scared for the playoffs. I got to admit. Well, Speaking of the playoffs, everything got sorted out. So the playoff play-in is a miniature tournament where two teams will occupy the final two spots in the double elimination playoff bracket. So let's talk about the playoff play-in first. The London Spitfire finished at the seventh spot. So they are automatically in one semifinal. The Seoul Dynasty finished in the eighth spot. They're automatically in the second semifinal. That leaves the Guangzhou Charge in ninth seed, taking on the Chengdu Hunters in the 12th seed. The Philadelphia Fusion in the 10th spot, taking on the San, or <laughs> the San Fran, the Shanghai Dragons in the 11th spot. The way this works, if you win, you move on. You lose, you are done. Pack your bags, your season is over. So looking at this play-in tournament, let's sort of go through this. Let's start with the first quarterfinal, Charge versus Hunters. Is this an even matchup, or is this more going to go towards what I would suggest is the better team, the Charge? I don't think it's an even match. I agree with you. I think uh, Charge have this. They're probably, well, not as hot as Shock are now or Atlanta, but they definitely have... a rose through the ranks and are one of the best teams um, that we've had in this 2-2-2 stage. So they should they should beat Chengdu handily unless uh, Among <laughs> does crazy <laughs> things and and uh, he turns into his divine powers <laughs> in some capacity. But I see Chengdu uh, losing pretty handily to the charge. They should the charge should win, but I don't know. Like Chengdu always goes up hard against Guangzhou. I can't remember if they played once or twice. I, I think Chengdu definitely beat them the first time. I just can't remember. They, if they, they would have played twice. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to dig up the stats right now. But. They beat them like I think it was first week. Yeah, yeah, first yeah. Week game. I just don't. I don't remember the other one. But like, this is one of the ones that I could see flip either way. Like on paper, like I totally agree with you guys. Uh, stage three, they put or stage yeah, stage three, week one. Uh, charge beat Chengdu three one, um, but I don't know. I think I think it's going to be close, especially when when it's like sort of player go home. I guess. Well, it is it is player go home, but it's also yeah. new season. You got new hero with Sigma yeah. showing up. Uh, you've got some hero changes rolling into the the playoffs. Like it's unpredictable. Con- yeah, conceptually, we don't know what this means. Like like we we presume we're going to see double shield. I mean, based on for what we've been seeing in comp, it's it's an Orisa, yep. uh, Sigma, mm-hmm. and Sigma. if you need dive, it's it's Monkey Sigma. Like, 
Sigma seems to be in the mix. Yeah. I, I think Sinatra said in his stream that he's going to have a hundred percent pick rate. So hmm. he sounded pretty oh, confident, wow. uh, uh, confident about it. He's going to be in every map if in every match, if you want, if you want to win, that kind of sucks. Mm, we shall see. The other match is fusion dragons. I, I don't see the dragons having a chance here and that's not, to give credit to fusion per se, it's just yeah. more of it. Like really the dragons have not looked good in stage four about the only thing that's going for them is the fact that there is this playoff shakeup where Sigma again comes in. I just don't see it. The dragons benefiting from it. Um, they are a team that's been hurt by the fact that they can't roll out three DPS, which is funny when everyone else is saying, Oh, goats is dead. The Titans are done. The shock are done. The Excelsior are done. Yeah, the dragons were done because they couldn't do three DPS. Or four. Yeah, or four. Fair point. Um, so fusion go on, charge go on. That means the Spitfire would play the fusion, the dynasty would play the charge. Who comes out of the Spitfire fusion? I'd say Spitfire. Yeah, I'd say Spitfire too. Who comes out of the dynasty charge? Heart says dynasty, head says charge. For me, both heart, brain, <laughs> kidney, liver, everything says charge. So I, I was actually just going to pick the charge out, right? So if that is the case, Spitfire go through, charge go through. Your Vancouver Titans would be playing the Guangzhou charge on Thursday. Yep. Be- I would much rather play the Spitfire here, but I guess that's how it is. So the the there is actually conceivably no way for the Titans to play the Spitfire. They, the Titans no. being the number one seed play the lowest seed that comes out of the play in. And there is no way that seven can be the lowest. Yeah. So the Excelsior are, are able to play pretty much anyone save for the hunters. I mean, it's the only team they can't play, but based on how that all shakes down, what we do know is the playoff double elimination bracket has the spark lining up against the gladiators, the shock lining up against the rain, the Titans versus the lowest seed coming out of the play in and the Excelsior uh, against the second lowest seed coming out of the semifinal of the playoff play in tourney, which we'll talk about more next episode. So no sense going through the entire bracket and picking who's going to win, but just a reminder, the play in single elimination, the uh, playoffs double, which means you can actually still win the grand finals by losing one match, unless it is the grand finals, at which point there's only one match. (laughs) Kind of silly, but it is the way things are one and done. Before we wrap up our episode though, there is currently a new patch in the PTR and the biggest change is a nerf to both Symmetra and Zarya. So if you'd been playing Sim and Zarya currently, their beams amp up, deal some serious damage. In fact, Sim is like a miniature Zarya running around. Like you just mouse click. And with her, her <laughs> escapability with the teleporter that never goes away, like there are a lot of Sims in QP. I don't play comp cause I'm a scrub, but no, it's the same in comp. Like when she fully charges her uh, beam, which is really easy now with all the Orisas uh, going around and everybody insta-locking Sigma, uh, her damage output is higher than a fully charged 
Zarya. So yeah, it's a thing to consider. Like I get it for the latter, but I can't say I'm happy about it, uh, about this nerf from an owl perspective as she's probably one of the only DPS effective against, uh, sh against shields, against all the plethora of shields we're about to uh, get in the meta. I can't really comment on Zarya since I never play her anyways, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I, I've actually noticed, and this is, I think, because of the amount of damage she can dish. Um, well, not actually damage dish because I'm, I'm charging up. I've been charging the Zarya up extremely effectively. And I think it's because of the Sims that are out there mm -hmm. and me shielding and the amount of damage she's able to deal and the fact that I can absorb so much of it. Um, It'll be interesting to see how those two get sort of tiered back down. I'm not entirely sure as to why the change was felt to be necessary outside of the fact that you're right. Yeah. Sim is pretty much everywhere and people are wearing out M1 to the best of their So it's just a battle of beams out there, yeah. like a bunch of battle cruisers going at it. Oh gosh. If only Sim had a Russian accent. Although I guess Zarya battle does. Battle cruiser operational. The other change that we're seeing uh, is to Sigma. So his hypersphere damage has been nerfed slightly. Um, okay, sure. I mean, I, I still feel that Sigma is, you get in close and you pretty much melt him. There's little that Sigma can do if, if someone dies. Just no speed, huge hitbox, nothing that, uh, you have with a one knockback, which doesn't do anything more than a short stun. Like it's just difficult. Um, but to counter the fact that his hypersphere damage has been dropped, the, uh, accretion ability, his boulder ability, the knockback, it's been slightly buffed. And then his ultimate has had a cast time that's been increased a bit. Um, which I guess allows him to get up into the sky a whole lot longer and gives everyone else an opportunity to shoot him down, stun him or sleep him before he goes and drops everyone to the ground and craters. And es es escape the radius, I guess as well. Yeah. You have that little time. True. The other change isn't so much a buff or nerf, but it makes a lot of sense. Bastion can no longer, well, the technical term, he no longer consumes resources when he's repairing himself past full health. So simply put, once Bastion's full, you can right click until the uh, end of days and you he, he's not going to heal himself any more than he's already healed. It's not going to cost you. Just enjoy the, the this uh, little humming sound yeah. and, and animation. <laughs> I, I use it as a wave now. <laughs> I get a kill and it's like, weep, weep, weep. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, but uh, that is what's currently in the PTR. Again, as things change, we'll let you know. Uh, BlizzCon is coming up. I mean, we're still uh, some time away, but I would imagine we're going to see some big Overwatch news as we lead into BlizzCon. I don't imagine we'll hear anything between now and then, though, because it occurs. Did you see that leak? Oh, I did not see a leak. So there was a leak from Amazon about a switch case, an uh, Ooh, official yes. Overwatch mm. switch case. So maybe. Well, did you hack my computer? I have the same thing on screen. The, so <laughs> actually, I, I did. I did see that, and I, I don't know the. I don't know switch hardware well enough to know if it could handle Overwatch. I would be curious mm. as to how a switch would be able to have the the amount of storage that would be required for that title. Switch That's has Witcher 3, so they can always tweak the... True. You know, the but the, the, what the they're experience. saying is the speculation is Tracer is going to be in Smash. Why not both? 
Mm. Yeah, see, I, I actually could see a Tracer and Smash over Overwatch being the mm-hmm. rollout to the Definitely. Switch. Especially mm-hmm. at this, like, if Overwatch rolls out to the Switch at this point, that's just a matter of like, oh, lots of people have Switches now. Let's see if we can get another device in the ecosystem. The game itself is long and tooth, and the rumors prior to this sort of Amazon leak was that we we're possibly going to see whatever Overwatch 2 might be at BlizzCon. Right. And maybe whatever that might be could be what they roll on the switch. But again, back to the switch hardware, the switch hardware is essentially a game boy. I mean, I know <laughs> it's not, for, but I'm still waiting for a 4k switch myself. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not on level with a, a PS4 and Xbox one there, which is what four years old now. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the OG ones are, are old. Man, the PlayStation five is rumored to be coming out holiday season of 2020. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm laughing in my G Sync ultra wide 34 uh, inch monitor. <laughs> hey, I can right hook, hook my switch up to that. Uh sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything about the quality of what I'm going to see on the screen, but I can hook my switch up to that. Um, Definitely possible. Speaking of of ultra wide, I got an ultra wide sitting here in a box right now. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's not as fancy as your ultra wide, but it is an ultra wide. It's just no point Did in it using come with it. Some free RAM. It did not come with free RAM. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Like just just buy a switch and pick up the RAM have, from there. I have, the, I have a switch. I trust me. Can you take out the RAM? No, I cannot take out the RAM. I ha- if there's a console, I probably own it. PSP, PS Vita, Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox 360, <laughs> PS, PS2, PS3, PS4, uh, GameCube, Switch, Wii. Wow. I actually have How two PS4s the, uh, right now. How about the Nokia Engage? I do not have the Nokia Engage. Therefore, I lose. Take out, take out all those RAMs and see if you can plug them in. Yeah. Just, you know, string them all together. Daisy chain of RAM. Exactly. For those that haven't been following the story on, on Twitter, I've had an experience um, with a retailer here in Canada and the way they indicate items as being in stock. Items are not always in stock when they say they're in stock. Um, they are actually on special order, which in fairness, I get some retailers don't hold particular products, but if it's on special order, special order could also mean clearance. And the only way to know that is by eventually being told by a representative a month after you had ordered as if it was so clear as day and obvious to everyone else in the world that it was clearance. And I was told it was going to arrive by Tuesday and, uh, it had not. So I called and asked for a refund and I'm now getting Ram direct from Corsair through a contact that works there. So I think it's coming next Tuesday. You should have had more patience. Ah, you know what? I'm just so impatient. Like a month and a half. God, I should have waited two. Well, there's a limit to a man's patience. <laughs> and I, I'd like to think I was reasonable. Like when I first reached out like a week after the order, no ETA, they're like, oh, uh, special orders can take up to three to four weeks. I'm like, okay, so it'll arrive by the middle of August. Yes. I'm like, okay. So then I wait to the middle of August and I reach out to them. And, uh, the way their, their system works is you get into their like queue, the call center queue, but once, you know, closing time rolls around, they just shut down. They don't empty the queue, nor do they tell you you're ever going to get an answer outside Mm -hmm. of every 10 seconds telling you your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. Every 10 seconds. Sorry. Every 10 seconds. Oh, I'm getting wound up here. (laughs) That's my entire job on this podcast is winding you up. 
Speaking of winding things up, we are at the end of the episode, and I do want to uh, point out that there are many different ways that you can support the podcast, and I think the one to, you can do that will provide us the greatest level of support is subscribing to this podcast in whichever application you're using. I mean, we're in the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Play Store, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Radio FM, gosh, pretty much like all of them, all of them. So smash that subscribe button. And the next best thing you can do is tell your friends to do the same thing. Tune in and subscribe. But if you want to do something more, uh, we do have an ability for you to join an exclusive group of people as part of our RSP patronage group. That's right. You can go to patreon.com slash ready, set, pwn. And we have a number of different tiers that you can sign up for different levels of recognition based on those tiers. And then for some of you, you might get exclusive access to an inside group of people that's super duper awesome. I can't say more. So you have to get there to know what's going on. And then if you would rather just go and buy us a coffee, as some people may be apt to do, uh, just go to uh, kofi.com slash ready set pwn. That's ko-fi.com slash ready set pwn. Uh, and that's just a one-time donation in Canadian funds, which might be handy for those of you up here, this side of the border. But any final words of wisdom to all of our listeners who have reached this point of our episode, Sam? So it's that time again, boys. I have to do another acrostic poem. (laughs) And this week's comes courtesy of a milk tea. So this one's very meta. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Here we go. May... Ice wall ludicrously kill blocked my Torb engineered attacks. Milk tea. Thank you for your support. Now, Sam, how did Milk Tea acquire such a poetic acrostic from you? Super simple. All you got to do is hit up our uh, what is that thing called again? What's that old technology you keep obsessing over? Our f- uh, vo- our phone number, which you can either leave a voicemail to or send a text message to. I mean, you have a cell phone, but you can't right? actually you can't actually call, right? Well, you could totally call. Who's going to pick up? Uh, if I happen to have the app open the moment you call, <laughs> I will answer. <laughs> and you will talk to me. Um, it's open right. So you know, it's open right. I'm dial that thing. And just see what happens. It's open right now. We're not getting any phone calls. If it's open, if, if Chris picks up, just ask him directly for an acrostic poem. Now, all millennials are not ever going to try that. <laughs> sheer fear of somebody answering your phone call. But we cater to all ages. But that number, if you do wish are to you- send us a text message or you do wish to leave a voicemail, which if you leave us a voicemail, there is a very good chance that we'll include it in an upcoming episode. So make sure you, one, Say who you happen to be in that voice message you leave us, but to uh, ensure that it's G-rated, because I can't go and put like you know the non-Disney content in a quote-unquote Disney podcast. Uh, the number is six zero four four zero nine three three two four. That's six zero four four zero nine thirty three twenty four. Terms and conditions may apply. It's like I'm a pro at this. Hmm. Are you getting paid? Not for. I'm, not for I'm waiting number. for the. But wait, there's more. If you dial in the next thirty minutes, we'll throw in on me. <laughs> Are you gonna throw me in? What the hell? <laughs> and if you act fast, we'll throw in too. <laughs>
<laughs> no more throwing, guys. It's the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Omni, what says you? Well, if we are talking about throw-ins, I'm going to commemorate the announcement of a new Matrix uh, film coming out. So do not try and bend the meta. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. There is no meta. Then you'll see that it's not the meta that bends. It is only yourself. I feel like there needs to be like some Zen music at this point. Like <laughs> that would make it mm. legit. Like if I had the ability to, to, to play that in right now, I totally would. Maybe I'll throw it in Just and post play it in your head. I you as as it's not that Sigma music. I'm so sick of that. We can do like gladiators, gladiators. Titans. <laughs> That's so inspiring. Um, as for me, <laughs> I just want to remind you that we are everywhere. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash ready, set, phone. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ready, set, phone. We're on Instagram, instagram.com slash ready, set, phone. And our RSP Discord, which you can join by going to discord.io slash ready, set, phone. And as always, ready, set, phone.com has everything that you need to know about the podcast. Uh, we've got some content still being pumped out to buy uh Rowlett, one of our contributors, so feel free to stop by to read all the good stuff that he is sharing. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, Sam at another Sam Chan, myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical two words. Catchrays. Wait, you're still here? Why haven't you run out to your local Circle K or Max convenience store yet to grab one of those exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups? With six different cups available, and only while supplies last, I'd recommend you get on your way. Those cups are available in Western Canada. Hey, Circle K is a Canadian-owned company, by the way. And the nearest store could be found if you head to CircleK.com. Oh, and one last thing before you actually do head out the door. Why not share which cup you picked up by tagging us on social media? Hit us up at ReadySetPone and let at CircleKWestCan know that RSP sent you. Thank you.